Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. <laughs> Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm starting to get dizzy watching all this stuff unfold uh, right uh, in front uh, of us. <laughs> I know, I know, brother, I know. Uh, listen, I have a complicated show for you today. There's no other way for me to tell you that. Um, I may have to explain things a couple times. There is just volumes of new information that comes in. Joe said to me before, he says, well, does any of this contradict anything in the book? I said, no, absolutely not. It actually confirms everything we wrote about about the setup. And now it's just uh, the volumes of information coming out are just staggering. Mm-hmm. Let, let me, how do I say this? There are a select group of people out there. I'm not talking about like the Avengers of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. who have understood this scandal from the beginning. I'm going to not humbly put myself in that because of some information I came across early and others. Mm-hmm. The information had to be leaked out selectively at certain times in order to not step on other things going on. Is that making sense? Yeah. Kind of. Um, Even if we don't know what the other things are. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. People had the whole story. Even oh, if really? minor details were missing, uh, let us let me just give you an example of what I'm talking about here. And it's not just me, it's others. And now I've become increasingly convinced that one specifically knew what a lot of people knew from the beginning. If uh, I knew uh, Joe Armacost robbed the bank, right? I, just, I know it. I've been told by sources it happened. The sources are reliable, whatever. There's a video of it happening. I may know he robbed the bank, but the details may be missing. Why did he rob the bank? Who did he work with to rob the bank? Did someone force him to rob the bank? Were they holding someone hostage? And Joe, they said, rob the bank. We'll give you your uh, whatever, your, your Aunt Maxine back or whatever it Ew. may be. You get what I'm yeah. saying? What I've told you from episode 628 on about the information superhighway, the spying operation and the setup is now become crystal clear. And the book is now going to be like, uh, now I'm convinced going to be a huge hit because I know now I know we're right. Because details are leaking out, which confirm the entire time the web of connections, which are really deeply troubling. I'm going to get into this today. The show may be a little bit confusing. You may have to listen twice. You may have to rewind it. I'm going to let you roll. Okay. It is a critically important show. So let's uh, get through some of the mandatory stuff first. We're going to pay for our show. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Helix Sleep. Hey, there's nobody on the planet like you, so why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? These are awesome mattresses, by the way. Really, really incredible. Can't recommend them highly enough. Helix Sleep built a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete, and they'll use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. You will not regret it. Whether you're a a side sleeper Hot sleeper, you're like a plush or firm bed. With Helix, there's no more guessing or confusion. Why bother wasting your time in a mattress store for all these hours? You can go on, take a two-minute sleep quiz, and you're golden. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. For couples, Helix can even split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and feel preferences for each side. Come on, you can't beat that. Oh, what else we got here? They have a 10-year warranty. People are texting me all the time here. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Right now, Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders. 
That's a significant savings. Get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Check it out for $125 off your latest mattress order. Listen, a lot of these expensive mattresses you're considering are a big waste of money. Go to Helix Sleep. You know better value for your dollar. No better, comfortable, more comfortable mattress out there. Okay, um, let's get into this. All right. Who the heck was the government working with? What have we been talking about on this show now for months, for months and months and months, that the big scandal was going to be based on solid, strong information and research for the book. The big scandal, Joe, was going to be paragraph one. Right. How did the operation against Donald Trump start? I given this analogy, I don't mean to be repetitive, but this is really, really important. This show today. I've given the analogy multiple times of my time as a federal agent, how you have to write memorandum reports about your cases. In those memorandum reports, there is a first paragraph, how that case started. I was contacted by a source who told me Joe Armacost robbed the bank on this date. Then the rest describes, here's what I did. We surveilled Joe. We wiretapped Joe. We got a uh, pen register on Joe. We subpoenaed Joe's email records, whatever it may be. And this is what we found. But paragraph one of a case at the federal level, at the state level too, I mean, it's really no different. When you're establishing in that report what you did describes how the case started. This is not groundbreaking material. The reason I always bring up paragraph one is because the big scandal of this case, one of the biggest scandals in this case, the spying operation on Trump, is nobody can seem to define what paragraph one says. In other words, how it started. You may say, oh, yeah, the media is saying now that it was the George Papadopoulos downer meeting. Ah, Folks, that's not what the media said. The media has changed their story multiple times. First, it was it started with Carter Page. Then when the dossier fell apart, they moved to Papadopoulos. Then when the Papadopoulos information got shady, they moved back to Carter Page. That says to me that the media is hiding something. They're hiding the genuine origins of this case. And also on the Papadopoulos downer meeting. So that's the current, just so we're clear, that's the current media BS story that it was George Papadopoulos um, in May meeting in this bar with an, uh, an Australian diplomat in London saying that the, he heard from somewhere that the Russians had dirt on Hillary. Ladies and gentlemen, that's total, complete garbage. Someone on a campaign telling someone he meets in a bar that he's talking to that someone may have dirt on Hillary when everybody on the planet knew Hillary's emails um, were, were probably stolen is ridiculous. That is not PC reasonable suspicion. That's nothing. That's a nonsense to start a massive counterintelligence investigation on that always seemed to me, if you're a listener to the show to be complete, utter, total garbage. I know they're hiding something in paragraph one and others know it too. What, what are they hiding? I believe they're hiding who they're working with. And now John Solomon at the Hill. Folks, please read the show notes today. John Solomon's report. Byron, it's going to take you a little bit. There's about six or seven stories. It'll take you about a half an hour to get through them. But you will have a deep, thorough understanding today about why paragraph one, Jeff Carlson's piece two, is so troubling. Because the real paragraph one, how this case started is going to describe a web of contacts and connections the FBI was using 
in conjunction with pushes from the Obama administration, Brennan and others, that are so troubling. You have that Giuliani clip, by the way, Joe? That they're going to shock. I mean, genuinely shock you. No, I mean, even for people who are, you're going to be astonished about what really happened here. There's a reason we brought up paragraph one. It was not, we were just making stuff up. We weren't trying to stir the pot. Paragraph one, how this thing started and who they were talking to to get information on Trump is going to bother the heck out of you. Now, in case you think that's hyperbolic, I told you other people know. Details have to be leaked out at certain times to certain people for certain reasons. Play this clip, Joe, of Rudy Giuliani, who is Donald Trump's lawyer, who clearly has some information on this case, last night on the Sean Hannity Show. The real story here is not that this case isn't going to fizzle. It's going to blow up on them. The real question is what we talked about before. There's a lot more to what they did that nobody knows about yet. I know a lot, more, a lot more to the obstruction of justice, mm-hmm. to the collusion, to the fake dossier. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Folks, this is serious. It's not a joke, okay? Uh, we live in a constitutional republic I am damn proud of that men and women gave their flesh and blood and died for. This is the real deal. This is not some kind of farce. This is not a movie script. This isn't a, hey, I got you moment. Believe me, it gives me no joy to report on the absolute deep utter destruction of our constitutional republic law and order probable cause our fisa court system it gives me no joy to report on this at all none i would rather this all go away tomorrow and it all have been one big hoax and we can all sit around roasting marshmallows and making s'mores around the campfire but we can't this happened That's why I've been on it forever, and I've been telling you, contrary to some other pundits out there who want to play this thing down, that it is the most important story of our time because it involves corruption at the deepest levels of our government to use the weaponized powers of law enforcement to combat a political opponent and take down a group of potentially innocent people who did nothing wrong, nothing wrong with regards to the scandal. Everybody's done something wrong. To the alleged collusion nonsense. Now, what is paragraph one? Who the heck were they working with? Now, I kind of dropped a hint yesterday, but given that there's a lot of speculation out there on the internet among some very learned and smart people about this case who've done some homework, I feel it's only responsible uh, at this point to lend my point of view. Yesterday, Joe, I read to you um, a text exchange Mm -hmm. about our guy. Now, just so we're clear again on what that is, uh, let's see. I want to make sure I get to it. Uh, hold on, folks. I'm sorry. Just give me a sec. Just work with me for a minute. These are a series of texts. Here we go. This is from Jeff Carlson's. You leave it in, Joe. This show is going to it's going to be conversational today because it's going to go in a few different directions. But just keep in mind what we're talking about. We're talking about how this thing started with the FBI and who they were working with. That information superhighway scandal. Who was providing information? Were these reliable characters or were they corrupt political actors or were they some of them potentially involved in criminality and trying to make it go away? So I talked about a text yesterday, a text. And the biggest question on the Internet right now is who is our guy? What do I mean by that? On January 27th of 2017, after the Trump election, obviously Trump is the president. Christopher Steele, who is a paid was a paid source 
for Hillary Clinton's team to go gin up negative information on Trump, right? He's working with Fusion GPS, is texting Bruce Orr, a senior level official in the Justice Department. He keeps texting him about our guy. Now, what's important about this January 27th, 2017 text is Chris Steele has already been terminated formally, formally, wink and a nod, by the FBI and deemed not suitable for use as a source because he lied about contacts with the media. He is desperate to attack Donald Trump. He has already told Bruce Orr he can't stand Donald Trump. For some reason, I believe above and beyond the politics, Christopher Steele, a former British spy who was previously working for the Clinton campaign, for some reason, he is desperate to make sure Donald Trump goes away and goes away quickly, whether it's impeachment, whether it's being politically discredited. He didn't want him to win the election. Obviously, the January 27 text, that's already a foregone conclusion. Trump's the president. Steele, after he is terminated as a source by the FBI, still keeps an open channel of communication with a senior level justice official, Bruce Orr, who answers directly to Sally Yates, who can't stand Donald Trump and is fired because she won't enforce his travel ban. She hates Trump. She's also the one responsible for taking down Mike Flynn. What are they all covering? Why are they folks? What are they all covering up? Here's Steele's text to Orr on on January 27th. Hey, B, or Bruce, our guy's okay for the time being, but I would like to keep our channel open on him and his situation if that's all right. Many thanks for your support and best wishes. Orr responds, understood. We will be available if needed. Just let me know. That's one. January 31st. Keep in mind, this is how the this is the exact same time the attacks on Mike Flynn are happening, the Comey scandals happening, the leaks against Mike Flynn are happening. Sally Yates is walking into the White House talking about uh, Mike Flynn, the Trump's national security advisor, and how dangerous this guy and how he could be bribed by the Russians. January 31st. Who's our Who's our guy? By the way, who is our guy? Who is Christopher Steele working with? That he's shuttling information from our guy into the Justice Department despite being shut down. Text number two, January 31st, just a few days later, 2017. Christopher Steele. Hey, Bruce, doubtless a sad and crazy day for you. Re Sally Yates. Sally Yates been fired. Just wanted to check you were okay, still in the situation and able to help locally as, discuss- as discussed along with your bureau colleagues. With our guy, if the need arises. Thanks and best as always, Chris. So he's able to help locally as discussed, Steele. He's already been terminated by the FBI. Along with your FBI colleagues, he's telling this Justice Department guy, with our guy, if the need arises. Or responds, yeah, a crazy day. I'm still here and able to help as discussed. I'll let you know if that changes. Thanks. Here's the kicker. This is the text I missed. I missed. This is, by the way, it's all in Jeff Carlson's piece at the market's work in the show notes today. Here's another text. Thanks. You have my sympathy and support. This is from Steele. If you end up out, though, in other words, fired like Yates was, I really need another FBI contact point number who is briefed. We can't allow our guy to be forced to go back home. It would be disastrous all around. 
though his position now looks stable. A million thanks, Chris. Or responds, understood. I can certainly give you an FBI contact if it becomes necessary. One more, folks. These are important. Remember, we're talking about paragraph one. Who is the FBI and the DOJ working with? Who are they? Are they working with a now entirely discredited source who's working with another source called our guy in this text? Who's our guy? One more. This is important. March 7, 2017. Chuck Grassley, Republican senator who has been on top of this case from day one, sends out a letter demanding access to some Fusion GPS sources and other people. I'll get to that in a second. Here's Steele after they read the letter. He texts Orr again. Would it be possible to speak later today? We're very concerned by the Grassley letter and its possible implications for us, our operations, and our sources. We need some reassurance. Thank you. Orr responds, sure. Would 1.30 today DC time work? Who the heck are these sources? Folks, if you listen to the show again regularly, some of this stuff, as I always say, remember the names, is not going to be new. But patience. Now, on that note, the availability of these text exchanges, Joe, between a now discredited FBI source who is still feeding information into our government to attack Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? That availability of the text messages and the emails should tell you something. Hence the take it ease, besides the fact that I get attacked for it all the time, which is fine. I'm not going to forfeit my stand on that. It says to you, Joe, that these guys were likely under surveillance the entire time. That somebody in the United States government, oh, oh, really? has probably been on top of this case from day one and is slowly but surely making sure all the players, the cases are built against them before the hammer drops. No judicial mercy will be shown. Order! Order! There will be order here. Order! Order! There will be order here. Folks, what do you think Bruce Orr's text just randomly appeared out of nowhere to Christopher Steele? You think Chuck Grasley and Devin Nunes, who sent a letter about these contacts months ago, that they just made it up? I've been asking you for a little bit of patience on this. Because I'm telling you that this entire operation is going to fold eventually. Now, to be fair and not to be dramatic on this, I am not sure what the legislative, judicial, legal consequences are going to be. I'm not. I'm not. All I can tell you is the argument that nothing is happening behind the scenes is patently absurd. How do you think these text messages came out? Why do you think Grassley and Nunes have been hinting at this for months? 
Why do you think Nunes keeps saying there's no five eyes intelligence? In other words, no formal intelligence. Because the question, if you're a listener, you know this already, has been from the start, which people already have the answer to, what is paragraph one? If nothing was formal, there was no formal negative intelligence on the Donald Trump team used to start this investigation, then what the heck does paragraph one say? Who were they working with? And the answer is right in front of every eyes. I already covered it. You may have missed the show. Unfortunately, my staff isn't big enough to go back and do what Limbaugh does and these others have a little bit bigger staff where they can go back. What does he have? Cookie over there and can go and link to shows. I don't have the time to listen to even my own shows. But if you listen to this, Joe, you've already heard Mm -hmm. this. Who were they working with? You remember the name Adam Waldman? Adam Waldman is a lobbyist who works for some folks. Yeah. Waldman came up on this show months ago. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't by accident. Why? Because Waldman seems to represent somehow, either in formal or informal lobbying or representative relationships, a number of key players in this case that seem to be intimately involved with contacts with the FBI and intelligence folks. Wow, isn't that special? Waldman is a lobbyist who represents Oleg Deripaska, remember the names, a Russian oligarch intimately tied to Vladimir Putin. There's no question about that. A very, very wealthy Russian oligarch with deep ties to Putin. He represents him. I'm going to get into Deripaska and, 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 and Mueller and stuff in a minute. But remember, we're talking about the web of people the FBI was contacting to start this thing. So Waldman, who's a lobbyist, represents Deripaska. Interestingly enough, Waldman, the lobbyist, also is representing... Christopher Steele, too. He seems to speak for him in various text exchanges with who? Oh, Mark Warner, Democrat senator on the Intel Committee that's been corrupted from the start with leaks. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? Oh, wait. Oh, there's more. Oh, yeah. This this show may go two hours. We may have to release tomorrow's show early. Because this mm, is going to blow your mind. But who is Waldman also? Maybe not representing in as much contacting and having frequent meetings with. Julian Assange from WikiLeaks. Folks, what the hell is going on here? I'm sorry. What the heck is going on here? Do you understand like there are people from the beginning who've understood all of this? Now, if you're a little confused here, I'm going to clear this up. Why does this matter? Let's back it out a bit. We're talking about how the investigation into Donald Trump began. That in and of itself is scandalous. For very simple reasons. Don't lose the, 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 the forest for the trees, the trees for the forest. We are talking about a major counterintelligence probe 
into a political opponent of a sitting president. Barack Obama. When this started, Barack Obama was the president. There were weaponized government assets used to investigate Donald Trump, his political opponent. He wasn't running. It doesn't matter. He wanted Trump taken down. This would not be a scandal if the if, if the basis of the charge was true. If Barack Obama was investigating Donald Trump for a string of bank robberies and it turned out to be true, no sane Republican, conservative, or libertarian would be like, oh man, this is crazy. They should have let him off. No, you're like, let's scrap him and move on to another candidate and fix the system. Folks, the reason this is a scandal is because nobody can even answer a basic question like how a political investigation into your opponent using weaponized government assets even started. That's the paragraph one is the scandal. The investigation isn't a scandal. Political figures are investigated all the time. You saw this thing with uh, Collins, the Republican congressman yesterday. There have been Democrat congressmen, one down here in Florida, congresswoman investigated. This is, it, it, now, they're involved in scandals. That's why they're investigated. But it's not scandalous that there's an investigation. You understand the difference? Okay. The reason the Trump thing, Spygate, is a scandal is because nobody explained can explain why there was even an investigation. I'm telling you, the reason they're hiding paragraph one is because paragraph one is going to clearly indicate that the investigation was started based on shady information from shady players already discredited by the FBI who were dealing with other players who had ulterior motives not any way related to the truth. The major conduit to this entire thing at this point appears to be Waldman. Waldman is now texting, was texting Mark Warner on the Senate Intel Committee, trying to set up meetings with Christopher Steele, who seems desperate to cover up for a source known as Our Guy. Now, I said to you yesterday, I had an idea of who Our Guy was. There's some alternate opinions out there. Let me give you one that seems highly plausible at this point. Was it Assange? Was it Assange? Was something going on with Assange at the time? Was Julian Assange in WikiLeaks? Were they? Do they have information here that either needs to be kept quiet or need to put out there? Now, I know that sounds a little bit confusing. Julian Assange, let's go back to the beginning of this scandal to make sure we understand how this started. The scandal... The Democrat version of paragraph one is that the Russians hacked the DNC email system. The Russians hacked the DNC email system and then worked with the Trump team to get those emails out there to influence public opinion over uh, and, and, and basically influence an election, which if it happened would in fact be some form of a conspiracy if there were some money exchanging hands or things of value in an election process. But think about it, Joe. Julian Assange from WikiLeaks, who I am not a fan of. Let me be clear about this. I'm just telling you the information that's out there. I'm putting together pieces that are already established facts. And I'm telling you that people are theorizing about who the potential connections are. Steele is trying to hide a source. Christopher Steele, who's feeding information 
to the Justice Department, negative information about Trump, wants him out no matter what, is hiding a source called our, he calls him our guy in this relationship with the, with the Trump team. Steele is working with Waldman, this lobbyist. Waldman is visiting Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy. Here's a piece from the market's work. Jeff Carlson. He's quoting the Guardian. So, folks, to be clear, Waldman, a lobbyist, is working with Christopher Steele, who's feeding information into the Justice Department after he's been terminated by the FBI that attacks Donald Trump because they desperately need him out of office. Same guy who's representing and talking with Steele is also visiting with Julian Assange. Here's from the Guardian article. A long time, whoa, this gets better. A long time U.S. lobbyist for the Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska, they're talking about Waldman here, visited Assange nine times at the Ecuadorian embassy in London last year. Oh, London again. Wow, London. Oh, the book has some bombshells on that one. In London, according to visitor logs seen by The Guardian, what the heck is this guy, Waldman, who's working with Steele, visiting Julian Assange for? Adam Waldman, who has worked as a Washington lobbyist for the Metals Tycoon since 2009, talking about Deripaska, had more meetings with Assange in 2017 than almost anyone else. Wow. Wow. It's not clear why Waldman went to the WikiLeaks founder or whether the meetings had any connection to the Russian billionaire who is now subject to U.S. sanctions. Oh, Trump doesn't know anything. Keeps getting suckered, right? You sure about that? Trump sanctioned Deripaska. Why do you think that is? But the disclosure is likely to raise further questions about the extent and nature of Assange's alleged ties to Russia. Oh, here's a doozy. Here is a Waldman Warner text. So again, just to be clear, we're talking about why is paragraph one so controversial? Because paragraph one, I'm telling you, is going to indicate an FBI efforts to get information from Russian connected figures, from people who involved in the serious disclosure of awful United States information we did not want out there, the Assange crew. And from Christopher Steele, who, by the way, at the same time he's working to gin up negative and spurious nonsense information on Trump, also seems to be really interested in getting Deripaska back into the United States and helping him out, too, while they're using the exact same lobbyist, Deripaska and Steele. <laughs> you can't make it up. Waldman Warner text, February 16, 2017. So the lobbyist representing Julian Assange and some, or meeting with him to... to to be precise, but representing Deripaska and communicating on behalf of Christopher Steele is now texting a Democrat United States senator on the exact committee where a staffer is being judicially prosecuted for alleged lies about leaks about the case. No, the deep state stuff's all conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory, man. Idiots. Here's the text, February 16, 2017. Waldman, text Warner. I just want to underscore my opinion and the reason I got involved. This guy is going to do something. Oh, my God. I, you know, listen, I'm sorry. I, I don't even, I'm cutting myself off like an idiot. This is just unbelievable. I just want to underscore my opinion and the reason I got involved. This guy 
is going to do something catastrophic for the Dems, Obama, CIA, and national security. I hope someone will consider getting him to the U.S. to ameliorate the damage. Who do you think he's talking about there? He's probably talking about Assange. Let me tie this together for you. I'm not even close to done. I've got like 20 or 30 bullets here to get uh, to. to. I haven't even touched why Mueller, again, was the only guy they could have hired to make sure this all goes away. Here's what likely happened here, folks. Christopher Steele, who had been a prior FBI contact on the FIFA case, a U.S. world soccer case, who had known people in the FBI. Christopher Steele is brought on board by Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS is a company hired by the Hillary team to go and make sure Donald Trump is not the president of the United States. That is their job. Fusion GPS, brought on by Hillary, has significant interests and conflicts of interest in Moscow. Fusion GPS is working with uh, a Russian lawyer on efforts to get rid of sanctions on Russian oligarchs, known as the Magnitsky Act, sponsored by Ben Cardin of Maryland, my prior opponent for office. Don't lose me. Hillary Clinton hires a team at Fusion GPS who has a massive conflict of interest. Fusion GPS is going to later go on to Christopher Steele and propagate the collusion myth and try to get it out to the media, the Russian collusion myth, while simultaneously working with the Russians to try to eliminate sanctions on Russian oligarchs that now affect who? Oleg Deripaska. Wow. So Fusion GPS goes out and hires Christopher Steele. One of the oligarchs who could be potentially significantly damaged by Magnitsky is a guy named Oleg Deripaska. Oleg Deripaska, incredibly, is mentioned often in texts by Christopher Steele. John Solomon, it's in the show notes today. Christopher Steele, when he texts Bruce Orr, after he's been discredited by the FBI, Christopher Steele, he's still contacting Bruce Orr, an upper-level manager in the Department of Justice with contacts with the highest level of management there. When he texts about helping to get Trump out, he's interestingly, interestingly enough intertwining those texts with, hey, we got to help our buddy Oleg Deripaska as well about getting visas into the United States because they're worried about Deripaska being sanctioned. And they hire Adam Waldman to be their intermediary. Let me tell you a little bit about Waldman. Hold on a sec. I got to pull some stuff up here. So Waldman, Waldman's connections, not insignificant here, are to the Clinton operation. Waldman knows people in the Clinton space. May I suggest to you that the information that was being fed through Christopher Steele, who's connected to Waldman, who's connected to Assange and Deripaska, was a 
favor to the Clintons to kiss the butt of the future president, what they thought would be Hillary Clinton, and in exchange to potentially do a couple of things. To get Deripaska off a future sanctions list. Oh, who just sanctioned him? Donald Trump. How about that? Deripaska. Deripaska needs help. Deripaska needs help from the State Department. Oh, why is that? Well, Deripaska's got a fascinating history with Bob Mueller. Oh, how about that? We go from uh, Cash Me Outside Girl to Mel Allen. Back in 2009, we had a intelligence asset, the United States, who we could not locate in Iran. The Iranians took him. His name is Bob Levinson. It's not a, it's open source information. You can look up the name yourself. FBI director back then, Bob Mueller, was in charge of the FBI when the FBI tried to get Bob Levinson back. He was one of ours in Iran. Who do you think they sought out for help back then? Oleg Deripaska. Why? What does a Russian have to do with a U.S. intelligence asset in Iran? Deripaska, who's a metals magnate, a tycoon in the metals business, a billionaire, and a friend to Putin, by the way. Deripaska had business connections in Iran that made him useful there. We tried to broker a deal to get Levinson back to our FBI. The case agent on that was a woman by the name of Robin Gritz. Robin Gritz would later have a conflict with Deputy Director Andy McCabe that did not turn out well. Andy McCabe knows Oleg Deripaska through this relationship. They are un- they, they, he absolutely knows who Deripaska is. Mueller knows who Deripaska is too. What does this have to do with the State Department? Deripaska, according to reporting, spent millions of dollars of his own money in an effort to organize a team to help get Levinson back. The operation did not work out. We still don't know uh, where Levinson is in Iran. But apparently, this is the State Department that shut this deal down. The deal, there's, again, according to reporting, there was going to be some kind of a deal where Deripaska would gain consideration for visa entry back into the United States because he had a suspicious history, according to... Now, again, I'm quoting reporting that Deripaska has had potential organized crime ties, and this is what was hurting his ability to gain access into the United States. So are you seeing the deal here? The State Department will work on visa applications to allow Deripaska access into the United States, which he needs. He's an international business tycoon. The FBI is using him to get Levinson back. The operation doesn't work out. Mueller's the FBI director. There's a conflict between the FBI and the State Department. State Department says, I don't think so. Deripaska may have learned something from that. That the bureaucratic channels... And the need to kiss the butts of these people on the State Department side were just as important as leveraging law enforcement assets. Ladies and gentlemen, what better way to do that than for Steele to work with a bunch of people to gin up information? Was he getting that information from Deripaska? 
you understand now why paragraph one is so troubling? Ladies and gentlemen, the entire Russian collusion narrative is that Trump was colluding with the Russians to gain information. What if it was the entire time the FBI colluding with Russians, Russian Putin connected Russians to get information on Trump in a quid pro quo situation that they would not acknowledge? I haven't touched the Assange thing yet. I'm going to get to that. It gets better. All right, folks, let me, uh, I'm sorry, we got to pay for the show, and I really appreciate your patience. We got more, though. Don't go anywhere. This is going to probably spill over into the next, uh, to the next show, because this is absolutely critical stuff. All right, um, taking care of your health is a commitment, and sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Well, not for me. I love, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I outside my joints, I actually feel pretty good. That's why I've been loving Omax 3 Ultra Pure Supplements. This stuff is terrific. It's super clean, super good. You don't have those fish burps either. Because with Omax 3, you just need to do one little thing to experience big health benefits, and you don't even have to think about it. Here on the Dan Bongino Show, we often discuss ways to be healthier and happier. We do our rough cuts episodes. I enjoy those. So, of course, when tons of studies have shown that something improves your health, we've got to talk about it. You probably heard about the many benefits of getting in your daily dose of omega-3s. So now I want to tell you about the purest way to get them with Omax 3 Ultra Pure. Because if you're going to do something, why not do it right? Omax 3 Ultra Pure it is ultra pure, is the purest omega-3 supplement on the market containing nearly 94% high quality omega-3s. It's the purest option on the market. None of those gross fish burps. There are many omega-3s on the market, but this is the purest, most concentrated one. Don't waste your money on some of the other garbage out there. Optimal health made easy. There's so many health benefits in just this one supplement. I take it. I give it to my kids. It's really terrific. Omega-3s are amazing at alleviating joint pain, which helps me, and muscle soreness and making you feel your best post-workout. We love working out, but you get beat up sometimes. They can also improve focus and memory, boost cardiovascular health, and more. It just makes sense to take a daily omega-3 supplement. You've probably seen some of these supplements at the store, but many of the top sellers simply don't contain enough omega-3s. Try this simple test. If you, if you don't believe me, this is the purest, most concentrated omega-3 on the market. Go, uh, if you have some laying around, some older fish oil tablets, put them in the freezer. Watch how cloudy they get. That's all the junk and the impurities in there. Try it with omega-3, uh, Omax, uh, Omax-3, Omega-3 shelf shells. It'll remain perfectly clear. I've tried it. It works. But it's not about how Omax-3 looks. It's about how it makes you feel. So you've got to try it yourself. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there's no financial risk for you. You have plenty of time to try it and really feel the Omax difference. Go to tryomax.com slash Bongino today to get a box of Omax-3 Ultra Pure for free with your first purchase. That's tryomax.com slash Bongino to get your free box of Omax-3 with your first purchase. Don't forget, tryomax.com slash Bongino. You'll get a free box with your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Go check it out. Um, All right. Yeah. Stack show. I know. It's blowing my mind. Let me just take it out again. We're talking about paragraph one, the scandalous start of this investigation, how the scandal may very well be how it started and who they were doing dealings with. They were, it's clear at this point, 
The FBI and the Justice Department have set up a back channel through Bruce Orr. How do we know it's a back channel to Christopher Steele? Because Christopher Steele had already been terminated as an asset formally by the FBI. Christopher Steele is working with and communicating through, at points, a lobbyist named Adam Waldman, who was also representing a Russian oligarch connected to Putin who had worked with Bob Mueller's FBI in the past in an operation that did not work out. That operation was shut down by the State Department. Deripaska likely likely learns a lesson here about the State Department. Hillary Clinton is now running for president. Now, it's Deripaska who is a, a now has been sanctioned by Donald Trump. Again, I love all these people. Oh, Donald Trump's being played for a fool. Nothing's going on in the Justice Department. Folks, you are grossly misinformed if you believe that. There's a reason Deripaska is on that sanctions list now for Trump. Was Deripaska playing both sides? Was Deripaska feeding information to Steele? Is he the Kremlin-connected source they're talking about? while at the same time playing down his connections to other FBI agents. What do I mean by that? The FBI confronts Deripaska in the United States in a hotel room two months before the Trump election. He's asked about this Russian collusion narrative. And he, quote, waves them off. Now, this is interesting. What was Deripaska doing? Is he playing both sides? Is he starting to sniff out now that this may be trouble for him because Trump may win? Is he now trying to back out of this? Is he feeding information while simultaneously waving them off when they interview him just two months before the election? Is Deripaska our guy? There's a number of suspects who our guy is, who Steele's trying to, trying to hide with Bruce Orr. we got to protect our guy. We can't have him going home. The suspect list goes from Assange to Deripaska to Sergey Milian, source D in the dossier, who is alleged to be the source of the uh, sexual escapades tape on Donald Trump. But that doesn't make a lot of sense because Milian's a uh, naturalized citizen of the United States. So what do they mean go back home? Is Deripaska playing both sides? Now, who better to hide Deripaska's potential paragraph one ties to the FBI and the Russian collusion narrative than a guy who had worked with Deripaska in the past, Bob Mueller? Not only that, a guy who knows a guy, Andy McCabe, who is the deputy director wasn't the deputy director at the time of the uh, of Levinson operation, but is familiar with the players involved in this, McCabe. Now, it turns out later on, Deripaska is given a diplomatic passport to enter the United States eight times. Was there a deal cut? Was there a deal cut with Russians? Why was Deripaska given a diplomatic passport? Folks, this is serious stuff. Waldman's connections to Deripaska, to Steele, and Assange are the key to this entire case. 
Why is Waldman reaching out to Mark Warner? Warner, who knows the Clintons well. The Democrat Senate, what, what are they talking about? What are they trying to hide? Now, to add a further wrinkle to this. So again, we're talking about paragraph one. Were they getting information from Waldman through Deripaska? Was Deripaska then playing both sides? Simultaneously feeding information while later on as the election closes in, trying to wave off the FBI to stay off a sanctions list? Why was Waldman working for Steele as well? Who is our guy? Who is Steele texting or about trying to hide? Carlson, Jeff Carlson's piece, hypothesizes that that guy is Assange. That Assange, through his meetings with Waldman, who's working with Deripaska and Steele, that Assange may be a source. If Assange was a source of information that they were playing on one side against Trump while hiding information on the other side, oh boy, do you have a monster. What do I mean? How about that? How about that, Mel? How about that? So you have Deripaska. So remember... I know. I'm sorry. I'm killing you here today, folks. This is just so critical. You have Nunes putting out recently that there was an availability of exculpatory evidence. In other words, evidence indicating that the information stream coming in on Trump may have been questionable. Exculpatory, meaning Trump may have been innocent. When you include evidence about a source, if Joe's a source for me for the FBI, a spy, and Joe has information that discredits Joe then we have to include it to make sure the judge understands that Joe may not be entirely reliable. Right. Nunes has been hammering this exculpatory evidence thing. Is the exculpatory evidence not just related to Carter Page, but related to the fact that maybe Russian sources linked to the Kremlin were playing both sides at the same time? At one point saying, oh yeah, Trump's, uh, Trump's colluding, and on the, other, on the other side saying, oh no, we're waving you off, this is all a big scam. Not just that. Was the exculpatory evidence related to Assange too? Here's what I mean. Was Assange a source for Steele? Is he the guy they're talking about? We got to protect our guy from going home. Would make perfect sense because where is Assange, Joe? He's in the Ecuadorian embassy claiming asylum. He says it would be disastrous if he goes home. Why? What does Assange have if he is the guy that is scaring them? Was Assange a source of information on the collusion narrative, but also simultaneously a source of information on the hacking as well? Remember, Assange has asserted from day one, from day one, that the DNC hack was not done by the Russians. Now, bingo, what happens in the last few days? All of a sudden, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, where Mark Warner, Democrat, sits, where a staffer is under judicial prosecution for allegations of lying about leaking to media sources about the Trump case and the FISA warrant. Mark Warner's crew over there on the Committee on Intelligence now all of a sudden wants to speak to Julian Assange. Wow, they do. Behind closed doors, not in an open setting. What's Assange going to say? I think they already know. Maybe, uh, hey, uh, Julian, 
tell you what, we're going to work out, you know, Assange's operation leaked some critical U.S. secrets. Maybe it's possible that some kind of an immunity deal is being worked out for a deal to shut this guy up. Who was Assange working with? Was Assange, by the way, who else visited Assange? Oh, Deripaska. Joe, do you have Giuliani's cut? The real story here is not that this case isn't going to fizzle. It's going to blow up on them. The real question is what we talked about before. There's a lot more to what they did that nobody knows about yet. I know some more, of it. A lot more to the obstruction of justice, to the collusion, to the fake dossier. Oh. <sighs> now, also, I want to explain to you another angle of this. Oh, this is... Joe, how are we doing so far? Pretty good. Uh, I'm with you, but boy, is this a lot of information. I can sense it. I know. I know. I get it. I see your face. Yeah. Let me back out a second because I'm going to take this down another road. All right, man. And this will come together over the coming shows. I know after 628, everybody was a little confused too, but knew we were onto something. It'll all make sense. Don't go anywhere. Every day, you're going to see new stuff. All right. The Trump Spygate scandal is three separate scandals. The spying operation on Trump, the framing of Donald Trump, which I believe uh, potentially Mifsud and Papadopoulos are involved in. We've talked about that on other shows. And the big scandal now is the information laundering operation. The effort to get information into the FBI and into the courts that came from shady, suspicious sources that had already been discredited and to launder it to make it seem legitimate. That's what we're focusing on now. By in, on that information superhighway laundering operation, I have been suggesting to you that the problem for a long time now has been paragraph one, who initiated the information, who started the information, who got that information into the FBI, how did they launder it, why did they launder it, and why are they hiding who their initial sources is? It has now come out. A series of emails and texts and exchanges between a senior Justice Department official and Christopher Steele, who was paid for by the Clintons to generate nasty, fake information on the Trumps, who was communicating with the Justice Department after he had been terminated, while also working with a lobbyist who's working with a Russian, directly Putin-connected oligarch, while also simultaneously visiting Julian Assange, who has claimed from day one that the Russians did not hack the DNC emails which would destroy the entire russian collusion case i got another one all right folks with all the it's interesting look about a timely read with all the recent news about online security breaches uh, breaches it's hard not to worry about where your data goes making an online purchase or simply accessing your email could put your private information at risk you're being tracked online by social media sites marketing companies and your mobile or internet provider Not only can they record your browsing history, but they often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why I decided to take back my privacy by using ExpressVPN. They're terrific. Super easy to use, too. ExpressVPN is easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, and your tablet. I have them on mine. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. ExpressVPN secures... It makes your data anonymous. Your internet browsing uh, is anonymous by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. A must in this day and age. Protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month. That is a cheap price for security. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. No problem. 
So if you ever use public Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is the solution. And if you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Here we go. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino for three months free with a one-year package. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. They're a terrific company. Here's the final angle on this. So the FBI and the DOJ are dealing on this information superhighway with some highly, highly suspect sources. It appears at this point, Joe, maybe this will sum it up best. Mm. The FBI, this is the joke. The FBI DOJ sources to spy on the Trump team for a collusion case they can't possibly prove are a paid foreign intelligence operative who hates Donald Trump and works for Hillary Clinton. A lobbyist who's working for a Russian metals tycoon who's directly connected to Vladimir Putin. And potentially, number three, a person under international sanction hiding out in the Ecuadorian embassy who has repeatedly stated that the Russians were not responsible for the DNC hack, which is the very essence of the collusion fairy tale. It's the best you've got. You can't handle the truth. I don't think you can. I know this is confusing, but let me just layer on some lettuce and tomato on top of the confusion sandwich. Deripaska had a business, had significant business dealings with a certain individual. Those business dealings went awry. There were some lawsuits involved. There were allegations of uh, money being lost. And there were some really, really hard feelings. Deripaska is a powerful guy. You don't want to cross him. But Deripaska had a grudge against someone. Who did Deripaska have a grudge against? Who was conveniently hired by the Trump team? Paul Manafort. Who is the only guy, Bob Mueller, has engaged in a significant judicial, legislative, and prosecutorial, it seems at this point, malice against solitary confinement, multiple uh, tax for Listen, I don't know what, Mueller, what, what Manafort did or didn't do. I'm telling you right now, though, it's awfully interesting that Mueller, who has referred out just about every other case that he's come across in the Trump team, Cohen, the other ones he's referred to Southern District and things like that, he has personally been involved his team with an ongoing trial right now to hammer paul manafort although he is not in court in the ellis case going on right now in virginia he has not in court his team mentioned donald trump one time outside for mentioning his name in trump tower Mueller's mandate was to go out joe allegedly and investigate collusion with the russians but he's prosecuting personally, despite referring other cases out to other entities like the Southern District. He is personally involved in the prosecution of Manafort for things completely, entirely unrelated to the Trump campaign. Why? Why does Deripaska appear nowhere in the Manafort indictment? Despite the fact that Manafort's dealings with Deripaska are all public record, Deripaska can't stand Manafort. 
Was Deripaska playing both sides? Do you have a grudge against Manafort? Did someone push Manafort into the Trump orbit, knowing later on he would be a convenient fall guy for this collusion narrative if everything broke bad? Well, we don't have collusion, but we got a guy with suspicious ties to Russia, so let's just prosecute him. What did I tell you about the Mueller probe? It has become increasingly obvious by the day that the Mueller probe's only responsibility right now is to save the reputation of the DOJ and the FBI to make the Clinton debacle that the DOJ and the FBI let her off go away completely to keep the attention entirely focused on Trump. Mueller knows Deripaska. Mueller's had dealings with Deripaska. Deripaska suspiciously seems to be playing both sides by attacking Fusion GPS and suggesting that the cases is that the, the Trump collusion case is a nothing burger. But it's interesting that he's dealing with Waldman, who is simultaneously working with Steele and reaching out to Democrats on the Intel Committee to set up meetings. You would think he would want to disconnect, right? But Mueller is prosecuting Manafort, who Deripaska can't stand. Folks, how many quid pro quos are there here? Is this why Trump sanctioned, you know, Deripaska? Because of, 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 uh, of his involvement in this? I mean, outside of suspicious business contacts? All right. I, I Listen, I can go on all day about this, but um, this is just disastrous. It really is. It's a disaster for a republic. So let me just sum up what I said. Paragraph one, how the case started is the scandal. It's now crystal clear that the Department of Justice and the FBI were dealing with a number of shady figures who provided information we now know to be absolutely unverified, in some cases outright false, that started an investigation against Donald Trump. I'm suggesting to you that that is paragraph one. Forget the Papadopoulos downer story. That's all crap. That's a cover. That's a cover job that's fallen apart. The FBI and DOJ are hiding the fact that they dealt with, number one, a guy who was a paid political operative and a foreign intelligence officer working with the Hillary Clinton people, a former foreign intelligence officer. They started a case based on political information, not criminal. Secondly, they have very suspicious connections to a Russian oligarch tied intimately to Putin. These are the Democrats. These are the Democrats and the bureau under Obama. Third, the same Russian oligarch that's unquestionably now tied to this case through various people and means hires a lobbyist representing Steele as well, who also has been visiting Julian Assange, who is swearing up and down to anyone who will listen that the Russians didn't hack the DNC. That's not where they got the information from. Now, the Senate committee that's been responsible for oversight of this, that screwed up this investigation from the start, has been leaking information and talking to the lobbyists, now all of a sudden wants to talk to Assange behind closed doors. Mueller is prosecuting a guy who hates, uh, who Deripaska can't stand, Manafort, who conveniently shows up in the Trump orbit right towards the end of his, uh, of his presidential run. 
Manafort is being hammered right now by Mueller. Does Manafort have some information on Deripaska? Oh, 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 oh. We'll see what we, folks, people know. It's all going to come out. All right, I've got more on this on tomorrow's show. I have a couple more uh, details I want to fill in. Please subscribe to the podcast um, on iTunes. Uh, please follow on iHeart's free. There's no charge at all. I follow on Spotify, on uh, SoundCloud, but it's the subscriptions that matter and drive us up the charts. Go check it out. I appreciate your feedback on the show. Um, I promise you this will all make sense. Please listen twice. Remember, we're talking about the FBI and Bob Mueller cleaning up a mess of shady contacts with people who had absolutely no business providing information to the FBI or DOJ. None. This is serious cleanup operation on aisle four. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.